Hey everybody and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if you're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. Dave and I saw an opportunity to help others who are considering starting their own companies uh, through this journey and, and to help them get their company up and off the ground. Uh, this, the whole premise of this show is to guide you through the self-employment journey and make that transition from employee to self-employed. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, buddy. Dave. What's up? It's buddy. just me and you. I We've know. been knocking all these guest shows out, and it's like, okay, it's just us. We're well, back to normal. It's us. Us and Marcus. A good bottle of bourbon. What's yeah. up, everybody? We got Marcus back there. We love Marcus. We always say that, and I look up, and he's on his phone. Yeah. Well, I got to see what's going on with my chief, so yeah. I just got rid of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, Ty, yeah. we lost Tyree Kill today. We're, we're, yeah, we're filming the show yesterday, yeah. actually. <laughs> when we got here, so I got here a little early, and Marcus had already set everything up, and he was there's a bed in the other room, and he's laid up there, curled up in the fetal position, crying, because <laughs> he was pretty upset about it. <laughs> He I'm, was he was pretty mad. I'm I'm like in the minority going, <laughs> I'm not gonna miss him that much. I'm not yeah, I don't I'm know stuck in the middle. I don't know. If yeah. they make a bunch of good picks, yeah. But dude, he was He was the, good, don't get me wrong. Fastest NFL player ever. If we want to start a sports podcast, we could just go ahead and we're not gonna I, get, we're gonna get sport, back on top. We're not gonna, gonna get say, into sports today, but <laughs> did, I mean Did you see pick pics of Hill out in Hawaii at Mahomes' wedding? I didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Right. No. I don't think he was that good of friends with a lot of people on the team. I think they're, I'm not going to say he was cancerous. He wasn't cancerous. But I'm, I'm did, just, I don't think he melded well with don't the team. Don't get me riled like up. He's going to get me riled up. He's going to get me riled up. Let's, let's get back to topic. Really the Void quick. Sports okay. Edition. Yeah, the Void Sports <laughs> Edition. We lost Tyree Killen. People are pissed. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, this show is going to be another random fire show where Marcus grabs a whole bunch of topics off this endless list of show topics that we have. And we don't know what Marcus is going to ask us about, but Marcus is going to ask us a random question or talk about a random show topic. And you're going to get David and I's raw and unfiltered responses. He might be writing responses. down like ideas he wants to ask about right now. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. What like he's you never Mar- know. Marcus could be like, "How do list. I tell my boss I want to quit my job?" Who's <laughs> which? Here's a better question. How do I tell Mitch Smedley he's a giant which, douche? Which one of you guys are first? Which one's going to? We be? don't know yet. We don't know yet. Just yeah. ask a question. What do you got? Here's the first question. List one off. What do you got? Retirement for your employees. How do you do that? Maybe guest related. I oh. wrote. I wrote that because yep. I didn't know if we were going to have a guest about it. Right. Right. And I'm not going to answer that question because I know the Mitch. Answer just signed up his guys for retirement. Yeah. What you what what did you do? What, what process? process? So yeah. you, got, you, do? you got a couple of different options. Um you can do a traditional 401k for your people. Yeah. Um and and that's going to take uh it, it's a little bit more difficult of a process as an employer. Um yeah, for the guys, it doesn't matter. Um, for the guys, they don't care, right? They're signing up, and they're gonna, they're gonna, your employees are gonna contribute X amount of their salary or their annual earnings or whatever. Um, but a, a traditional four hundred one k has some different rule breaks as far as like the owners of the company can have, they can be subjected to different rules than the rest of the employees. Uh, and what I mean by that is like your. Um, your your company rule could be like we match fifty cents on the dollar up to five percent of your annual salary, unless your 
an owner of the company or a principal of the company. And then that could be dollar for dollar up to 5% of your salary or something like you can, you can actually have rules change there at a, at a certain level. Um, the, some of the retirement options also change on a traditional 401k versus like what we did in our company. We did a simple IRA. Um, so with a simple IRA, everybody plays by the same rules. Uh, so my match as the owner of the company, my match is the same as my employees match is. Um, but then also the company only, and this may change state by state. I don't know. Uh, for us, we were only given two options for the types of contributions people could make. So, uh, one option was we match dollar for dollar up to 3% of the employee's salary. Um, regardless of what they put in? Uh, no, no, this was, um, we match dollar for dollar up to 3%, but they had to put in three for us to match three. Gotcha. Okay. The other was we chose to put in so much up to, I think 2%. Like we could choose to put in 2% of the employee's salary, regardless of how much they put in. They could put in nothing and we're still putting in. 2%. Oh, you can still put some in. Right. And so, um, lots of companies aren't going to do that. Yeah. So, Again, this those two options there were on the simple IRA. On a simple IRA, what's the um, when do your employees become vested? So on a simple, there is zero vesting. Okay. Um, and so once they fire it up, that's it. Once they fire it up, that's it, and they can start almost immediately. So the the rule is kind of weird. The rule was if you anticipate the employee to make more than five thousand dollars in a certain time frame, which was like it was like six months or something. It was a long way out. Hmm. But if you anticipate the employee to make more than $5,000 in six months, then they can start with the IRA. Um, and then they're fully vested from the get-go. So that's one of the drawbacks of a simple is you know, on a traditional they 401k. They could come in and work for you six months, and that's just money out the door. And then they got 3% Because of you're the, investing in that employee right. is what you're doing. You're trying to get them to stick around. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the, the perks of a traditional 401k Yeah, is is you can set you can a set vesting the scale. schedule. Yeah, you can and, set the scale. And you can basically encourage your guys. A lot of people set it up like 20% every year, and then after the end of five years, you're 100%. You mean 2% every year? No, 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 like 20% vested. Every oh, year. okay. So okay. at the end of five years, I thought you meant like it went up by that increment every year. No, I'm sorry. No, okay. like uh, so at the end of the five year term, now they're fully vested, gotcha. and and they do that because they're trying to get their employees to stick around for five years. Yeah, well, and they're so. trying to have a way to get some of that money back if they do just blow out the door, right? And they've only been there two years. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Is the max amount of money? So if if I'm self employed and I start my own IRA, mm -hmm. the most I can put in it is $6,000 a year. Right. If, if you are on an employ, uh, if you're on your boss's plan, mm -hmm. is that max the same or is it more like a 401k where you can put like, I think it's like 22 now or 20,000 a year in there. Yeah. So ours was, um, I'm going to be a little vague on the numbers here. I want to say it was like 14,000 was the somewhere around 14 was the max for the employee. Okay. That so does not include the employer's contribution no, on theirs. top of that. It's, it's the their tax deduction max. Yep. 
Um, no, but I then shouldn't if, say tax deduction because it's not. It's it's pre, what the number pre-tax is. contribution yes. is what you're meaning to say. Yes, thank you. Um, um, the um, if you were over fifty, then that number jumped up a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. So basically, you're in up. yeah, you're they're, in they're letting up. the people that are on the farther end of the runway contribute yeah. a little bit more. So. so it's different than a than your own IRA if you made it. Correct. If you do it through an employer. Correct. So one another question. One more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since you are doing the simple IRA, mm-hmm. if you say you were to balloon out and grow big and have 25 employees, can you go to a 401k? Or yes. do you have to start everybody over? No, we can. Um, there's, anytime you're going to sign up with anything like that, there are some rules, and it's going to be different per program, but there are some rules, basically some notification timelines that you have to give your guys. So like we could change the amount of match we're doing. We could do, like we could do, like right now we, it was it, it was matching up to do, dollar for dollar up to three percent of their annual salary, right? Well, if I wanted to change that dollar for dollar up to two and a half percent, I could do it, but I gotta like give everybody notification in writing, and it's got to be like sixty or eighty, or like sixty or one hundred and twenty days, or some some weird number. Yeah. But th- there's just some rules that you have to play by. So you'll the the person that is setting up all of that retirement stuff, you'd want to chat with them about it. I'm fortunate that my dad is a, a farmer's insurance agent, and he also does a little bit in the financial financial services department. It's not as mega forte, but but he was able to help you out and get you. Clear yeah, out. he. I mean, he's our guy that's doing it, um, and and it was so it makes it a little bit easier because I can call him up at seven thirty at night when I get home and be like, "Hey, dad, yeah, how do we do this? Like, one of my guys asked this. How do yeah. we do this? It's, it just makes it a little yeah. bit easier. And, and then as, it doesn't change any. Like, it doesn't give me any discounts or anything." It, it, no. doesn't, it doesn't help me he's in any way set, that way. He's just setting it up for you. Yeah. And then you're paying just like you, like anyone else would. Yeah. So as, and, so as far as my answer for that question is, you know, how do you do it? There's a tons of ways you can do it. You can go through an insurance agency like Farmers. Yep. You can call Fisher Investments. You can go into your local, like Edward Jones. Yep. You can just call them and make an appointment. They do not charge you to go in there and sit down and talk about taking your money. Yeah. Okay. They are extremely helpful. They want you to come in there and get it set up. So if you're thinking about doing it, just go in, have a consultation. Don't go with the first guy. Talk to three or four people. It's all free. And and then decide what you want to do. And there's no real, I mean, there's some costs to it. Like I have some costs as the business to it. Um, Well, you're talking costs in addition to putting money into their, in addition to their contributions. But it's not a ton of money. It's it's not a ton of money. money. So, when you're when you're chatting with people about it, you're wanting like it's not like there's going to be a guy that saves you more money than another guy. You're basically chatting with people to try to learn. Okay, who's going to be the easiest to walk me through this process? Whose whose personality am I going to jive with the most? Yeah, and when you go into places like that, let's be honest. Some of those guys are uh, pretty arrogant. Don't want to talk to you. Don't use that guy. Mm-hmm. Go to the next guy. Okay, we talk about this in a ton of episodes about. Uh, be comfortable with right. who you're doing business with. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's just it's it's really just common sense one hundred and one. Yeah, and, and don't it, and be there's afraid no... to go to an. Uh, don't be afraid to go to a financial advisor and ask stupid questions. Yeah, your son and I were talking about this earlier. Don't care what anyone else thinks about you. Yeah. Okay, you're trying to do right by your guys and your business. Yep. Who cares what they think? Yes, some of the questions you have are stupid, and it may not be stupidity. It may just be ignorance because you don't know. Right. That, that doesn't mean don't ask the questions. Right. Just go in there and ask the questions and get it set up if yeah. you're thinking about doing it. And and I that's probably one area that's gotten me pretty far in business 
is being willing to ask questions. And, and I, I mean, I'll preface it with, look, I'm, I'm really ignorant in this area. So forgive me if I'm not using the right terms, but like, how does this happen? Or how does this thing work? Or, you know, whatever the case may be. And you just tell them that up front and all of it, it's like it lowers their guard a little bit. And now that arrogant guy is not going to be so arrogant with you. He's actually going to kind of... He may think about it for a second. Yeah, he's going to come down and be like, all right, this guy's dropping his guard. Let me drop mine a little bit and, and yeah, help Yeah, and when out. you live like where we live in the middle of the country, people are nice. You yeah. Know, don't think you're just going to go in there and they're just going to light you up for being an idiot. Yeah. It's not the East Coast. I haven't... I mean, did I say that? You know, just <laughs> I mean, they're the all Coast? assholes out there. I don't <laughs> understand. But just, you know, don't be afraid to ask the questions. Right. Right. I mean, we probably drug that question out a little bit, but that's I mean, all right. That's what I would say. Yeah. So, so like on that, on that IRA topic, um, it's pretty normal for businesses to, uh, like if you go work somewhere, sometimes you're not even eligible to get into the 401k. Um, uh, like a pretty common thing. You're talking about from the employee side. Yeah, as an employee. So put yourself in your employee's shoes here for a second. Most places you work, that that business is only going to have two buy-ins a year. So there's two dates per year where people can get into the big. 401k. Lots right? of them do it like, yeah, once a year we do it. Right, right. And so like I worked at a place that had about 120 employees, and it was January 1st and July 1st. Those were, uh, you, if you were, if you were, an, you had to be an employee for a full year before January first, and so like, or if you, a full year before July, first? before July first, okay. right? So like, if you started in a February, you weren't going to get the January deadline, so you had to work there for a full year and then wait till July first to get into the four hundred one k. Yeah. Or if you started in December, then you could work your full year and then you were in before January first, so then you could get in kind of a little bit earlier. But that's pretty common too. So don't think that like you have to have 401k ready to roll for your first employee. No. Like think about it like you need 401k ready to roll after your first employee has been there for a year. And that was my deadline. Like I knew Yeah. I, I, I had a rolling one year deadline to get retirement set up from from the one year that we hired our first guy. And so yeah. Um, that's, that's the metric we used and we got it in about two months early, which is kind of cool. So, um, and don't think that just because you have one employee, say your wife is an employee and you're an employee and then you have your one employee, you can still start one. Don't think, Oh, yeah, I gotta yeah, yeah. be big. I gotta have five. I gotta have 10. No, no, you can do it right away. Yep. If you have, you know, ambition to do that and have the money, which you should to do that, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. The, the sooner you get started, the easier it is to add employees later. It's it's not as much of a benefit for me as an employer without employees. So like let me let me let me preface that. You mean before I hired people. You mean what your IRA would be. Yeah. So like before I hired people and it was just me and my wife. Um it actually of, hurts you. Doing a four one K would hurt me, right? Well, because, no, I mean, if you have one employee, it hurts you versus if you have no employees. If you literally have no employees, no wife, no kids, no nothing, the cap, I, look, you'd have to talk to your financial advisor, but I'm pretty sure the cap, instead of being fifteen or 20000 is like forty five. But that's a whole nother, well, that's a whole nother show and, that we could talk about. And like also, that. when it's just you and your one employee and, and you're building a business for growth, 
at that moment, your money is not best spent in a, in a retirement account. At that moment, your, your money is best spent reinvesting it into the business and getting the business prepared to add more employees. As far as the business is concerned. And that's a right. double-edged sword because it's easy. Let's be honest. It's easier to get employees when you automatically offer that right simple IRA right exactly. out of the gate. Exactly. So if you are small and you say you have three guys and you need five and you have started that simple IRA, like you can go out there and be like, dude, you don't have to wait to be vested. We're going to vest you right now. Right. And that's, you want to come on. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's balance there. Yep. Depending on what you want to do. Yeah. It, it's just, you don't want to be, if you're a shop of one or even one in your, your spouse, it, it may not be the best option for you to do no. it yet. Right. But if you're a shop that's planning to grow, then get all that stuff in the works and then once you start adding people, then go, yeah. go and you could start it, it and not have one for you and your wife too. You could take, instead of giving yourself those retirement funds, you could just invest those and then just be paying for your one guy. You could, you could do that too. Yep. yep. I mean, I, I'm the owner of the company, so I'm the owner of that, that whole retirement policy. Right. But at the same token, I'm also on another sheet of paper. I'm an employee of the company yeah. that's like signed up to contribute myself and then the company matches my contribution too so yeah and we've talked about that in previous episodes about look you own the company but you're still an employee yeah you're not we you know we've talked about taking members draws you know and doing it that way but it's it's better for you if you can get a paycheck yeah if you can get that paycheck where social security's coming out mm-hmm. where you know retirement's coming out insurance is coming out if you can set it up so that you're getting that paycheck that's the smart way to do it yep Yep, that's how we do it. Next question. Oh, wait, well, one more thing on the employees. If you are an employee and you go to a place and they say, hey, it's going to be a year, but you want to start investing right away, start your own simple IRA or your own Roth you do and a, go ahead and put that money in there right away. Exactly, exactly. I meant to you say can, that earlier and I yep. forgot. Yeah, you can do a Roth. Yes. Pers- like you yourself can go to a financial person yeah, and do a Roth. Yeah, all your guys, great. all your guys could have a Roth yep. and they could do their 14000 uh, a year match and then- put 6000 in a Roth on top of that. Yep. So you're at $20,000. And, and if Marcus is not doing that, we're going to have a talk with him after the show. <laughs> oh, shit. The, uh, <laughs> now, just to clarify, so a simple IRA and a 401k is pre-tax contributions. You're taking your gross, a portion of your gross earnings and in, in investing those. Yeah, so you're a not Roth, paying taxes on those until you pull them out later right, at retirement. Right, so you're, you're going to pay tax in the future when you retire. Yes. A Roth IRA, you pay tax on the money, and then you take your post-tax money and, put it and deposit there. it, right, and invest it. Well, then, when you take that money out, because you've already paid tax on it, for one, there's no retirement age requirement. You can take that money out whenever you want. Um, but for two... Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm positive. Okay. Um, um, they may have like a small fee. It's not a penalty. It's no, like it's a fee. they may have like a $50 fee to make a withdrawal or something like that. But um, uh, for two, you're a Roth IRA. The benefit of a Roth is you're banking on the idea that taxes in the future will be higher than they are today. Yes. And so it's smarter to save post-tax money today at today's tax rates rather than in the future. Yeah. So. The only problem with that is the stupid government caps that at 6000 a year. Correct. So if you're planning on doing that, I mean, it's hard. It's yeah, it's yeah. hard. You're you not going to save a boatload, and and you it's, do that in addition to yep. If and and I get this question all the time from people. Hey, man. So I work at a place, or I own my own small business, and I don't have. They don't offer it. Yeah, just and do a Roth. Do a Roth, but listen, 
do a Roth and do something else. Do stock index funds, do ETFs, do something because that $6,000 a year is not going to be enough when you get older. Yep. And listen, we are not fiduciaries. Yeah. We are not financial advisors. Yeah. Before you do anything like going on Robinhood and spending 50 grand in an ETF, you need to e- talk to EFT. someone. What did I say? ETF. Oh, did I? <laughs> I think it is ETF. E- EFT. Well, you just look it up. See, Marcus will tell you. See what I mean? But you need to talk to someone <laughs> about the tax implications. You need to talk to someone that knows what they're doing right. before you just take our advice and just say, hey, right. well, Dave and Mitch told me to spend $100,000. Yeah. Talk to someone. Yep. Okay, that's licensed. Yep. All righty. We beat that one to death. That was really long winded. Long, uh, so, long Marcus, winded. are you matching your match? You're. <clears throat> you're are you putting the most in there yet? I towed. Um, What's the answer, buddy? Yeah. This is real personal. Sure, right sure. on the internet, going right out to everybody. <laughs> Next question. He, he, he hasn't. Is, he hasn't told his wife yet. <laughs> he's he's contributing. Good. I am, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. It's okay to be successful. You're not a fraud. You deserve it. Yeah. This is mine. Of course, it's so yours. That, what, what was the question? Say it one more time. It's okay to be successful. You're not a fraud. You deserve it. So the premise for that. What's the what is the question? Yeah, the, the premise is. I'm just when you start a business. I got you. That's why I'm start, asking. Making an answer. Yeah, when you start a business and you follow all the right rules. So like, um, um, when. So you talking about self doubt when you start making serious money? No, no. Or guilt when you start making guilt. a ton of money? Right, guilt more or less, but not guilt off of your gross earnings. Like, like we talked about in one of the previous episodes about how you'll pay yourself uh, if as a new LLC, you're going to take an owner's draw and you're going to want to, like, let's say you want to pay yourself $1,000 a week. You're actually going to owner's draw 1300 a week, 30% over. Yeah. And then once that money lands into your personal account, you're going to move that 30% overage into a tax savings account, a personal tax savings account. Yeah. Um, and all that. So... When you're doing everything by the book and that bank account starts growing, it's very easy to feel like a fraud. It's easy to feel guilty about your success. Yes. Because you've been, your whole work life, if you started later or whatever, you know, you've been kind of down here at this level and and now you're up here, but you're doing the same amount of work or the same style of work. It is, it is easy to feel guilty about what you've done. <laughs> Profit is not a dirty word. No. You're in business to make profit. Mm -hmm. What does profit do? It allows you to hire employees. When you hire employees, what are you doing? You're creating jobs. Mm -hmm. You're being a plus in the economy. Okay? You're also involving yourself in the community. Like, what better way to involve yourself in the community than than help somebody earn a living? Yeah. When you're, you're, I'm going to take a Donald Trump thing here when you're paying taxes and paying a lot of taxes that tax money went to make the COVID-19 vaccine right okay do not feel guilty right right feel empowered that you have got off the ground that you have created these jobs that you've been successful and that you've risen above the bullshit that you were trying to get out of before yeah there's no reason to feel guilty and people do a lot of people do um you know, we, some of the ladies we've had on their shows are now, I don't know if this is going to show is going to be out before theirs or whatever, but they've talked a little bit about, um, just off camera, those certain things about, yeah. you know, eh, you know, I'm successful. Eh, you know, 
I don't know if it's more prone in women or if guys just hide it better. I'd say guys probably hide it better. Shit, that's I, all. But do not feel guilty about being successful. Take I, it and run with it. I felt guilty. So I set this crazy goal. Like, keep in mind, I, I didn't know what, like, I had realistic expectations and then I had goals, right? And so when we started ours, I had a realistic expectation that I could pay myself as little as possible and then I could, re, like, pay back all of our startup expenses in five months. But then I set, like, a goal of, like, let me try to do it in three months. Well, I did it. What was that called again? A BHAG. A BHAG. Big, hairy-ass goal. A yeah. BHAG goal. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I did it, right? And this was right about the time that we were firing our first accountant and uh, and picking up our new accountant. And so I'm sitting in that new accountant's office, and we had paid off, like, like yeah. startup costs are paid yeah. off. And we've, I'm si- we've talked about this. Yeah, and I'm sitting in his office, and I'm like, like, what do we do now? Like, like that was, that was all the farther I was thinking was like, pay the startup cost off, pay the startup. And, and I mean, I had in the back of my mind, I had longer term visions. Right. But I was so focused on paying the startup cost off and he's, he's looking over everything and he's looking at what I'm paying myself and he's looking at how much work we've done and how hard I've worked and everything else. And he's like, you're going to burn yourself out unless you pay yourself more. Like you're working, you're, you're paying yourself less than you've made for a lot of years. Yeah. And you're doing so much more work than you've done in a lot of years. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but look how successful the business is doing, right? Yeah. And he's like, I so get you it. Were, you were feeling guilty. Yeah, you I was didn't feeling guilty. You didn't want to write yourself that check. Right, I didn't want to pay you my, like, yeah. I want it. I want this to be in the business. Yeah. It's like you're trying to hold, your, you were trying to hold yourself accountable. Right. And so you know? I needed a new truck. Like we've talked about on the show before. I, I, uh, is this when you were driving the Danger Ranger? Yeah, this is okay. when I had my, my 98 Ford Ranger. The Danger Ranger. With wool, like... Window, no power windows, no yeah. nothing, right? No I've, AC. I've almost crashed more than one of those. They're so light. They just, yeah. you know. It's the scariest the vehicle ever to drive in the snow. Other than a Prius, yes. <laughs> the, uh, 100% correct. Um, and so I'm sitting in his office, and he's like, well, is there anything you want? Like, you need, to, you need to treat yourself to something. And I said, well, I've been eyeballing a new truck. I've actually been eyeballing a new truck for a long time, but I didn't like, how, like, the if I'm going to spend this much money on a truck, I wanted it to have like under 75,000 miles and I wanted it to be a 2015 or newer. And this is like 2020. The, yeah, I was say it was 2020. The right? end of 2020. So it's five years old, right? Like, and I'm, I'm haggling about buying a five-year-old truck. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of people would just go straight to the dealer and like, be like, give me the 2020. Yeah, I never buy new trucks. Right, right. But that's just... And, and I'm like, I wanted to have all these options and everything else. Cause again, if I'm going to spend all this money, like I don't, I want it to have a sunroof. I want it to have all, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, well, why don't you just go do it? And I'm like, because every time I find one around here, it's $43,000 or more, and I don't want to spend more than thirty five. And he goes, okay, well, like when you find one for thirty five, you should go buy it. Like you, you've earned it. You should go buy it. And I said, well, ironically, I found one, but it's in New Jersey, and we're in Kansas City. I'm like, it's in New Jersey, and the guy's trading it in in like four days, and he's just trying to sell it for more than he's going to get in a trade-in in four days. And And he's like, well, let's look at it. So we jump online and look at it real quick. <laughs> and he's like, you should go, you should fly out there and go buy it. He's like, you've earned it. You, you've really, you, you should do that. You're going to burn yourself out unless you do that. And I've seen what you drive. Yeah. So, you know, and, so the whole time, basically what he's telling you is you drive a piece of shit yeah. and you should get something nice. Yeah. And so you look like a loser. You're driving an $800 truck, right? And so, uh, I, I call my wife as I'm leaving his office. I'm like, Charles said we should go buy that truck. And she's like, I've been telling you that forever. You need to go buy that. <laughs> so like people had to convince me 
to yeah. go buy a five-year-old truck. This truck had like 80,000 miles on it. That was the only thing that was outside of my little list of things. Yeah. But like people had to convince me to go buy an 80,000 mile five-year-old truck. I was so guilty about the success. I had the money. Like we were, we were successful enough. I had the money to do it, but I still didn't want to go. Like I didn't want to come off as being a show off. I didn't want to come off as like, Oh, all the success went to his head or anything else. Yeah. Like, you were a, being humble about yeah, it. Yeah. It was, it was a responsible, you know, yeah. choice, but it's very real because just like you said, you've worked for years and years and years making wages. And now that you're on the other side of things and you've, you're, assuming the risk of owning the company and figuring out how to get the customers and how to pay the taxes and how to do the insurance and everything, you're going to make a lot more money. Yeah. You're going to feel guilty at first. It's a little bit to get used to. Yeah. The one thing I would caution everybody- It's a head trip for sure. Yeah. The one thing I would caution everybody on is don't spend it. At first. Right. Like Get your mind right first. Get your mind right. Get used to that kind of money coming in. And then before you start spending it on yourself- Learn how to reinvest it into the business so that you can be working yourself out of a job. Yeah. Right? Get the business to be a little bit more automated so that, like, if you spend all that money, you, okay, you busted your ass and you you went crazy for a couple of months and now you've got enough money in the bank to go buy a truck with cash, right? Well, if you spend all that money on that and you didn't invest anything back into the business or create some automation with it, now you're back over square one. Yeah. You're out of money. You have a truck and you're still having to go to work every day and grind it out every day and and do all the things every day, right? Well, pause for a minute, reinvest in the company, try to work about, you know, getting employees, getting other people to help do the thing for you. And that way you can, you can slowly be working yourself into a position where you don't have to put in the 70 and 80 hour weeks. To, to be successful. To be successful, right. You know, when it's weird. So, like, if you weren't a manager, not you, just in general, if you weren't the manager of a company, uh, if you weren't doing any of the finances or any of the accounting, accounting um, you're not used to seeing um, what I, I call it big numbers. You know, you're, yeah. not, you're not used to seeing big numbers. Yeah. Okay, and it can go one of two ways. You're not used to seeing that, and then you start out your company – and it takes off, and all of a sudden, you look at that checking account, and it says $100,000. It goes one of two ways. You either lock up because you're afraid to spend it, and you do the responsible thing, and you, you save that money. Mm-hmm. Or on the other side, you think you're rich. Yeah. Okay? Say you didn't do what we said, and you're not putting part of that money in for taxes. And I've seen, I've yeah. literally seen people do this. They think that money's theirs. And they go out and just freaking spend it. Yeah. And I know this is a little off of what the actual question was, but don't do that either. Yeah, they go buy a nice car with cash and, and wasted all their money. Yeah, and then if, if something does happen and you go downhill little ways, you might be in trouble now. Right. Okay, so... Yeah, or the tax man comes <laughs> yeah, for says, his tax on that hundred grand of profit. Hey, where's my, where's my $33,000, bud? Right. And you're like, oh... Uh, it's in the parking lot. Oh, shit. It's got... It's got some 20 okay. rooms on it. And, and my, my, my point with saying that is, is you know, people have money shock. Yeah. When you're not used to seeing those big numbers come in and you're, you're not used to looking at the balance sheet and at the bottom it says, oh, we brought in $1.5 million. It goes one of two ways. Mm-hmm. You either fuck it up yep. or you're smart about it. 
Yeah. Okay, so don't let that money shock dictate your decision. And that may be... Take time, and if you have to talk to your accountant, say, hey, dude, okay, I'm seeing this, and, and I... Say you want that money, okay? Mm-hmm. Say you think that that money's <laughs> yours. Go to him and say or her and say, "Hey, is look, this mine? I have this. I'm seeing this. I want to do X with it. I'm. Am I missing something? Yeah. What can I do with this? He's going to say, "Look, okay, this is what's happened. You have these bills that are still outstanding. Mm-hmm. Your tax implications after you pay those bills are going to be this." This is more. He's going to write down a number. This is going to be more realistic. It's not one point five million. It's one hundred and twenty-five thousand. Right. And that all. The, well, oh, and it, and okay. It, now all of a sudden you're seeing real life what's going on. And at the level of the listeners of our show, uh, let's assume your first year out of the he gate, you're not mean, going to do one. He doesn't point. mean smart or anything like that. No, no, no. You're new in business. Yeah, you're you're self-employed. Your first year in business, or your first year and a half in business, or whatever the case may be. You're not doing 1.5 million, most likely. Dude, things happen. I know. I know. Things happen. I mean, you could do a high material job where you're doing 1.5, but but like if you're in commercial, you could have that number just like that. You realistically, you could be in a position where you're used to making 80 to 100 grand a year and now you're going to go start your own company and 6 months in, you've been paying yourself a nice salary and all of a sudden here is 60 or 80 grand extra in the bank and you're six months in yeah and you're going whoa you know um so don't have money shock that's that's that fraudulent feeling that you can get you're almost going to be like is this real like i almost feel like i'm cheating or i feel like i'm doing something illegal because it seems and and this is the benefit of prep work like you've done all the prep work and everything else so at that point where you're seeing that it almost seems easy but it's because you're finally getting a chance to reap the rewards of so much prep work early on. Yeah. So. Um, that's a good. That's a. That's a good question. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Huh? Solid question. <laughs> People feel stuff about that. Yeah. You know, it's just what it is. Let's let's pause real quick and uh, remind everybody that if you like what you're hearing on the show, and if the show is teaching you something new, or if it's bringing value to you. Uh, do us a favor and share this show with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. Do it right now. Um, yeah, do it right now. Like, that's a good point. Pull your phone out. Yeah, takes two seconds. Whatever you're listening, whatever platform you're listening Send to it this to a on, friend of yours. literally pull your phone out right now, hit the share button, and text it to one person that you know that is also wanting to start their own company. If some, if one of my friends is watching this show and they send it to me, I'm going to be really pissed. Oh, I'm going to love it. <laughs> I'm going to love it. Hey, I'm gonna, Dave, you, the, you need to be watching this show. That would be freaking hilarious if <laughs> they actually fun, sit, yeah. share a link to me. My friend Dustin would probably do it. Yeah. He's a shit. That would be freaking hilarious. <laughs> hey, I was told to share this with a friend. Here you go. Here you go. That'd be funny. So, oh, my goodness. But Marcus, yeah, guys, that's, it, that's how we grow the show is by shares. So please do us a favor and share, share it. Share, and then share. also... Do we have more questions? We got another question. Oh, yeah. we, we, one got, one we got one more. You got one more? Mm-hmm. Oh, we got so, time. Where also, give us, oh, a, yeah, uh, give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on, if that's YouTube, if that's, well, YouTube would be a thumbs up on this episode. Yeah, hit uh, that notification. Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. I think we've earned it. <laughs> I know we've earned it. Yeah. So. All right, Marcus, what do you got? What do we got? <laughs> okay. What type of credit card machine or software do you use? Oh, mm. and that, then here's my here's my last part to that. Without being long-winded, go ahead. 
Are you telling us? No, to no, no I'm telling you guys. <laughs> you bitch. He's trying to he's trying to cap us on the on the on the length I'll of the show first. here. Yep. So when I first started out, I used Square. Yep. When Square was big, because I could literally, I mean, that was my first business in all. Yeah. Transparency was ten years ago. Yep. So I had a Square. It plugged right into your headphone jack. Easy. Easy peasy. Now after I quit using the Square, I used PayPal. Yep. So and, and I just didn't, as user friendly or well when so PayPal the started thing, they didn't have card readers and then they came into card readers they didn't okay. ha- but what I would do is I used PayPal and and they have a um, a business mm-hmm. page that mm-hmm. you can use okay so what I would do is literally at the customer's home I would uh, enter their email and I would email them a bill right there and then they could it, I thought it was going to be a big pain. Because what it did is it emailed them an invoice immediately, right. and they had to go on their computer, which uh, let's be honest, everyone's got one right there. Right, right. But at the time, to- at that time, I think it made people feel more secure mm-hmm. because it's on their computer. Mm-hmm. They can see the secure, the HTTPS secure, and yep. they could pay right there on PayPal, and they did mm-hmm. not have to be a member. You could just do it as a. Yep. It went right to their email. They clicked on it, took them right to the page. They entered. Their Pay credit card invoice. info, boom, and that was it. That's how I always did it. Yeah, and it was, it, it, at the time, it was really easy. Now, seems seamless. It, it was at the time. It was. I mean, yeah. now obviously they have. Right. You know, if you're a retail shop or whatever, you just get the whole little Apple set up, and it's just boop. Right. You know, and done. Right. Well, and and so like your your customer relationship management system, your CRM. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have that at the time. Right. So. Um, those, a lot of those will process credit cards through those systems. Now, they're going to be a little bit more expensive than if you find an outside independent processor. Um, basically, you're paying for convenience of being able to process it right in inside your yeah. CRM. The standard's 3%, right? Still? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what's, and it's a pretty common one. What's yours? Yeah, I was so going to what do you use? Yeah, so we, we use a company called Basis, B-A-S-Y-S, and they are an independent processor. Um, they basically link up with your bank and they link up with our QuickBooks and, and everything. And so when we process credit cards, we do it outside of our CRM. Like there's a little tab to you can just collect for this, you know, like as they paid by check or uh, by cash. Um, and so we do credit card offline is technically what it's labeled as. Um, and then we, we open up our, um, our app on our phones and then run it through there. Mm-hmm. Um, basis will use these little credit card swipers called Clover Goes. You can buy them for like 80 to 100 bucks on Amazon. Um, they're not waterproof, which sucks for a plumber right. because I've lost three of them so far. So I put it in my pocket. Our, of course you have. Our uniform shirts have pockets right here, <laughs> and I just keep it on me at all times. Well, then I'll like bend Why over. Why don't you and just leave it in the van? Out. It takes two seconds to I walk know, out there. I know, I need to. But. Uh, it's yeah. two seconds to walk out there. The uh, Your brain's working, man. You, you it is today. Bend I over think finally, it, my, my, I'm starting to get back in the groove here. It'll fall in a tub of water, like a bathtub full of water, yeah. or a toilet, like real fast. Dude, it's I've crazy. dropped my phone in a toilet at a customer's yep. house before, and it was it wasn't because I was working on it. I went to the bathroom and dropped my phone in their toilet. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, this. Yep, that was the end of that phone. Just just but like that. Those Clover goes. They're like eighty or ninety bucks. Um, so you buy that, and then that lets you Bluetooth connect it to your phone. You run the credit card, and so the way that ours works with Basis is we pay a percentage above. So they're they're basically getting like a flat markup. Um, a lot of companies will do like a fixed percent, like three percent or four yeah, percent. That's what most like of that. them are. Right. Um, and so those companies are winning 
on some of the cards that only charge 1.5%. Yeah. And so they're, they're winning more. So we basically pay a markup on every charge. So, um, and it's a fixed markup. So if the card is a 2% card and then their markup's a half a point, we're paying 2.5 on that card. Yeah. If their card's a 1% card, we're only paying 1.5 on that one. So every month I've ran it, we average about 2 to 2.3% on our credit card stuff. So um, let me ask you, are you paying that or do you... Yeah, so so some some credit card processing companies will swipe that percentage right off the transaction. I don't like that method, uh, and here's why: your accounting. If you make it a hundred dollar sale, your accounting software is looking for a hundred dollars. Yeah, right. So you have to go in there and GL code it differently. Right. If, if your if your credit card processing company takes their three percent right off the top of that and leaves you with ninety seven, well, now your QuickBooks is going. Wait, this was a hundred dollar sale. Why did you only give me $97, right? Yeah. So that's a problem. The way Basis does it, and I love this, is they keep track of a whole billing cycle's worth of credit cards, and then they automatically yank the money out of our bank account, which I don't mind. They'll automatically yank the credit card fees out of our bank account, and it becomes a processing fee, a cost of business, but it's a monthly cost instead of, trying to subtract that cost from every tiny little transaction, it's one big hit. And so, you know, we may see a $300, you know, a $300 credit card processing fee, but I would much rather have that than $103 credit card processing Well, and that fees. makes it easier on your bookkeeping. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. So when you, you know, at the end of the month, when you, you know, you go into all these softwares have, you know, basically it's a checking account. Yeah. Okay, and that's what they're it, that software is tabulating that as yeah. it goes. Well, it's a lot easier to instead of every week to have to go in there and put three dollars, six dollars at the end of the month, you just it says on there, yeah, you know, charges, finance charges, you know, three yep. percent, whatever, and then the lump sum one time, yeah. And I'll tell you, so like when I just as far as like one man shops and small businesses go, when I started out, I just told people up front, like I didn't need it, I just told them, look, I'll take whatever you want. Yep. I said I'm I'm adding three percent, okay. And and when I was when I first started out, that three percent didn't seem like a lot, but it was a lot to me. Yeah. So after I started going, obviously I was able to carry that through. You know, that's just a a personal choice you have to make. Yeah. Like the way I did it in my software was, I would just put it right on the invoice. Yeah. I would say credit card charge, and I would just write like it would say the, you know, eight. HVAC charge, say it was a hundred dollars, and then you know three percent, three dollars. Right. And then on my deal, I wrote on there paid one hundred and three dollars. Well, then I would go into my GL um, coding system and I would write finance charge three dollars. Yeah. I did it every month. Yeah. So I would sit there and it. Looking back, it was ridiculous, but I would have them all out and on this invoice, I'd write three dollars. Zero three, yeah. and then so I would I would put in my general ledger. Okay, finance charges for credit card use, um, one hundred and forty seven dollars, and I would debit that. Yeah, you know, so that when the accountant got it, it all equaled out. And, and that's still a very difficult way to do it. And it was extremely difficult. That's yeah. my point here. Is yeah. it was they make it a lot easier now. So if you're gonna do that, it's easier to do it the way Mitch was talking about. Yeah, having it do it right in your software one and big do fee. it that way yeah. instead of the way I was doing it. Yeah, and and again, you don't think that three percent's very much or two percent's very much. It's a lot until it can be a lot. Yeah, until I'm like looking at the books and it's like, dang, basis 
just took $2,000 out of our checking account today. Yeah. Like, do you ever think about charging customers for that? So we do, um, but we don't, we don't separate it out. Ba- basically, you just, you just basically I took, or... I took all of our prices, every single price for every single repair in the book. And I cranked it up by 3% knowing that our credit card processing fees hover in the low twos. Yeah. Right? So you're covered. So I cranked every repair up 3% and I actually make extra money when people pay cash or by check. So, um, and again, I'm the guy, I'm the guy that's like, please don't pay cash. Beca- yeah. Because now I have to drive that to the bank and that costs me a whole lot more in time than the 3% credit card check yeah. or, you know, credit card processing fee would be. So, um, but yeah, guys, you, you can check out basis or, and it doesn't there's even have a, to be, there's a ton of them. There's and a I think ton PayPal of them now. There. I think, I think theirs is pretty streamlined and I think they've lowered it. From three, well, they, I think it was three percent when I did it. Now I think it's like two seven or two five. Yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, yep. I think they've lowered it. Square is probably. I don't want to throw square. Is square the bus. still out there? They're they're still out there, and they're probably among the higher percentages. But they're not really designed for official businesses. They're more going to be designed for the people doing like the multi level marketing type stuff, or like little pop up sales on the weekends. Yeah, something like that. So well, it's it's super convenient, and and for people that aren't doing a lot, it's real user friendly. Yeah, it's real convenient, and it's when you're talking. 10 transactions a month. It's yeah, when not you're a talking big deal. Transact- They're kind of like the side hustle yeah, way to exactly, do it. Exactly, exactly. And so um, that that is another thing to bring up, though. Some of those processing softwares uh, or credit card processing systems, they're going to have a per transaction fee as well. Yeah. So if whatever you're selling, if you sell a lot of transactions at a small amount, that's going to eat you alive, right? Whereas ours, there is no per transaction fee. It's just a percentage. But... Most of our repairs are several hundred dollars. Yeah, so you're not you're not charging yeah, someone six. Now bucks. we can do. I mean, at, at our current staffing level, we can do ten or twelve credit card processing transactions a day, but it just kind of depends. So you got to look at that for your business. On is it going to be a per transaction thing or a percentage thing or both or, or whatever? So, um, guys, I think that. Uh, uh, unless you've got anything to add on credit card processing. That's all I got, man. All right. All right. So I think, that, I did. I think that wraps up our, our uh, quick draw show for today. Um, and uh, um, again, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and share the show with somebody else who may want to hear it. Um, if you are perusing around social media on your, your Facebook groups or whatever you're in for your trade and you hear people wanting to start their own company, um, please do us a favor and, and tag us uh, at Podcast The Void um, or on Facebook and Instagram. Um, feel free to tag us on that kind of stuff. Um, what's our uh, What's our question email again? Uh, if you have yeah, if you have questions and you want to send those into the show, it's askmitch at mitchsmedley dot com. So. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're asking me. You can ask Dave. Yeah, you can ask me. Ask just, Marcus a question. Yeah. Yeah, ask, Marcus. Hey, what's it like working with those two dipshits? Yeah, Marcus. Ask why don't they ever want. let you on camera? Let me. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, the, the question email: ask Mitch at mitchsmedley.com. So, um, again, uh, that wraps up our show for today. So, uh, until next week, guys, we'll uh, we'll see you later. Thanks, guys. Love you.